Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team, of course. There's more Saturday night delight as Villa beats Southampton and VAR finally goes in our favour. We ask if Wednesday's game against West Ham is a showdown for European qualification. We pick a legend at centre midfield, slot into our all-time Aston Villa perfect eleven, And of course, there's our back-in-time quiz where a free Nando's is on the line. So welcome to the fifth episode of All Villa No Filler. I am your host, George Zielinski. I'm joined by two lifelong villains as ever, Birmingham's own Roisin Mendonca. Hello, Roisin. Hello, George. I'm Frankie Maguire. Hello, Frankie. Hello, George. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Um, I've, um, I, I've got, some, got some news to tell you all. I've, I've given up on my O'Neill challenge in football manager. <laughs> it's all over for me. What, what's happened I here? I just couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't take it anymore. So just to give some some context, is it since the lump left? <laughs> since yeah, Stockley was the glue that held us all together. Yeah, no, yeah. So just to give it a bit of context, so I started this challenge after um, after Mark Delaney played the kids in the FA Cup. So I decided to play kids in my uh, in my FM uh, challenges. Aston Villa manager that went that went uh, pear shaped. So then the O'Neill challenges is playing kind of four four two and direct and playing playing football how he played it. Um, and it was going okay, sort of mid-table finishes. Um, but then, yeah, it started with Stockley. We had this contractual dispute and I sold him to QPR. <laughs> and, then, um, and then, you know, the results started to turn. And Football Manager has this kind of thing where kind of uh, former players will come back and kind of criticise you in the game if things are going wrong. And of all players, Olof Melberg was coming out in the media, slagging me off, <laughs> slagging, off slagging off my players. Yeah. I know. Does he oh not know? I picked God. him for the for, for the perfect eleven last week. Unbelievable! Absolute be- betrayal. Can we can we get him out? Him? I know. Larson in. I told I told you to pick Larson. I well I know <laughs> if we could go back I'd change it all. I can't believe I can't believe Melbourne would do me like that. So then so so you know and then the board started turning against me. So it was, <laughs> ah, it was all piling up. So in true O'Neill style, I quit out of the blue to leave the entire club in the lurch. <laughs> <laughs> And so you're watching a football manager just go like plummet down the league table now, gradually get relegated four years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Dear. They're looking at McLeish to replace me. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah. So it's so so that that has uh, that has um, that has gone down the pan. But so I've turned my attention now to um, uh, to to making sure Alfie, my twelve twelve week old son, does become a Villa fan. Um, so I bought him a, a claret and blue bobble hat, you know, that kind of drip, drip manipulation to try and turn him into a Villa fan. That's now my challenge uh, for the rest of my life. <laughs> Send him out to sit on the curb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell yeah, him he's not coming home. That's 12 true. weeks is about the age, I think. I, I think that's probably about the age. Unfortunately, I, I, I sat him up to watch a bit of football last week, the uh, Swansea v Nottingham Forest FA Cup game, where Swansea really turned it on and they won 5-1. And his eyes lit up and he was watching it. Oh, and no. I, I, had to, I had to turn him around. I couldn't he, he <laughs> look, he's, he's a big fan of handsome Connor Howrahan, I think. That's, that's what's happening. <laughs> well, he's started the house on fire at, um, at Swansea, hasn't he? Yeah, Connor. he has. He's, he's done really well. He's done well, but enough about me and and and, and football manager. Um, Rasheen, how have you how have you been keeping? Yeah, fine. I mean, I'm just actually ironic of me to say as I'm currently sat talking into a screen. But <laughs> I was going to say I'm glad to to not be sat talking into a screen. But for those of you <laughs> listening that aren't my mom, I'm a teacher, so I'm currently teaching on you know 
on screen um, to a bunch of children that don't answer. Um, and it's <laughs> teaching without children is like football without Jack Grealish. Like it's fine, oh, no. but it's just not very entertaining. Right, <laughs> <Not right. laughs> kind of dull, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, no. it's a struggle, but it's fine. It's all. Right. <laughs> How are you, Frankie? Yeah, for me, it's the same old, same old, just, you know, doing the same loop walk I've been doing since March of last year. Um, I've basically got to know all the neighbourhood cats now. So, like, we label <laughs> our walks based on the cats we see. So, we now know Marvin, the Norwegian forest cat. We know Fluffy, who actually runs after you. We know Flirty, who, as the name suggests, flirts with you. It sounds like our Aston villain. <laughs> this, is, this is how pathetic my life has become. I've now started naming cats that we see on our walk, and that's the most exciting part of our lockdown lives. Congratulations, Frankie. What, what I would say, though, is um, naming cats seems or sounds to me more entertaining than your, um, your world record attempt at making a cup of tea <laughs> you yourself a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah. so you, I, th I, think, I think it does sound like, you know, there are, there are green shoots of recovery in your life. <laughs> I'm convinced I broke the world record. I have sent off to the Guinness Book of Records and they haven't got back to me yet. So, you know, if you're listening, surprised. they're definitely listening. Okay, then. So it finished uh, Southampton nil, Villa one. A really hard fought win in the end, wasn't it, Roisin? What did you think of that? I, don't, I just don't know what to make of Villa at the moment. We play well. And then we lose. And then I think Southampton were probably the better team last night and we win. I mean, I think credit to us. It showed maturity to come back from the Burnley loss um, and kind of grind that win out. I don't think they were ever going to lose. Um, I think they wanted to win. And I think, I think we took every single kind of step we could to try and win at the AR. Um, as did Emmy Martinez, but I just I I can't work us out at the moment. What do you think, Frankie? Like yeah, I say, we play well against Burnley, we lose. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think there's been a couple of games this season where we've been fantastic against like um, Burnley and uh, uh, West Ham, and managed to somehow lose them both. Particularly the first half against Burnley. I think that's the best we've, I've seen us play in such a just forever. Um, but uh, I do love a win like, like what we got against Southampton. It was slightly reminiscent maybe of the Wolves game where I think maybe we weren't the better side. But we held on. We fought through defensively. I thought we were very strong. You know, they, you know look at, when I looked at all the fixtures we had in January, Southampton away was actually the one I least looked forward to. And that includes Man United and Man City. Because for some reason, we seem to really have struggled against Southampton a lot in recent years. Yeah, they're, they're very much a bogey team, aren't they? I think it was the first time we've beaten them away since 2013 when we won to 3-2. Yeah. 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 And um, so I looked at them and again, first half yesterday, I thought they were largely pretty dominant. Um, but to do what we did, to, the goal was brilliant. Matt Target again. Oh, it was fantastic. The ball he played to Lionel Messi himself, Jack Grealish. Grealish's ball into the box. It was, it was just a brilliant, brilliant goal. And um, we took our chance. Um, Southampton were very unlucky. We probably didn't, you know, deserve to win. The two VAR decisions, you know, I, to be quite frank, I don't think Ings was offside. And it probably was a handball <laughs> against Cash. But at the same time, we've had so much VAR go against us this season. It sort of felt like we were overdue a bit of a game where we came out on the right side of it. I think, I think the explanation for both of those decisions, thank you, Mike Dean in Stockley Park, who decided <laughs> this in our favour. Um, so basically, the, the ball was adjudged to come off Cash's thigh first before hitting his hand. And then with the, with the, with the um, offside decision, 
uh, Ings's sleeve was just offside, oh. apparently. But I mean, I mean, we've all seen those little lines when they're dotted up. I mean, it just it, it's it's so so tight and so close. And I know for a fact, if I was a Southampton fan, I'd be um, I'd be so aggrieved. But as you say, Frankie, we've had we've had these decisions go against us already this season. So it's nice finally uh for things uh for things to kind of go in our go in our favor you know what i mean uh definitely uh, uh I, and also i think the performance of emmy martinez emmy the force martinez i'm convinced he's a jedi like the the reflexes yeah like the saves he was making were just i mean the the one just before ing scored the offside goal where he's part you know stopped the going in the top corner was brilliant he's um what a signing. Like the difference this season with having a goalkeeper like him compared to last season when there was no, you know, Heaton, you know, was decent, but he got injured, um, particularly in the second half of last season when there wasn't really a solid goalkeeper until Pepperoni came in. And even then, he was not always trustworthy. Just Emmy Martinez is just a level above. He's, he's an amazing goalkeeper. Martinez had an incredible game, but I would say, again, excellent performances from everyone at the back. It's, it's having that settled back five where Martinez, Target, Concert, every week, week in, week out, are always operating at a, at a high level. And I, I just want to say, because I know Mings came in for criticism over kind of his performances in recent weeks, he came back last night and put in a hell of a shift. He was, you know, bodies on the line, again, commanding... Um, uh, players around him like he always does um, and, he, and he I think you know he's, he's, he's kind of back to that level uh, again where he has been uh, season after season with us and, uh, and he played an absolute blinder I thought and I think it seems like the, the defence, they want to work for Emmy Martinez and they want to work for each other. Like you say, they're, they're a really kind of well-formed and well-gelled back five um, and, and I think you know there are a few key, well it's all of them, but I think Emmy Martinez has really kind of brought them together, and and they wanna they wanna work for him, and and if he's not able to stop it, like you say, they are blocking it off the line, um, and working hard for each other. It's it is great to see. Martinez yeah. made that point as well on social media. He he, um, he he tweeted a picture saying kind of bodies on the line, and I think and his and his first thought it seems is 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 to praise the defenders around him. And equally, the defenders around him are the first ones to praise him. So, so that, yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely right, Rasheen. I think they work really, really hard for each other. There's that mutual respect. They know they have Martinez behind them, and he knows they, they're in front of him, and, um, and they'll, they'll, they'll work hard to just basically just stop, stop anything from going in, basically. All villa, no filler. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode, so it's time for this. The Perfect Eleven. It's The Perfect Eleven, which I'm hosting this week. This is a feature where we build our best ever Aston Villa first eleven. We've already chosen Mark Bosnich in goal, the Scottish Cafu, Alan Hutton at right back, the iconic Paul McGraw at centre-back and now George's nemesis Olaf Melberg at centre-back as well. In our last show, we chose Stevie Staunton, of course, at left-back. So this week, we're now selecting one of our centre midfielders. So, Roisin, who have you gone for? Now, I've never seen this man play, but I think as a Villa fan, 
you learn your ABCs, you learn your one, two, threes, and you learn your 1982s, don't you? Um, <laughs> you know, as every other Villa fan knows, that we won that cup, and that cup will never be unwon. Um, so I've chosen, of course, the captain of our European Cup winning team, Dennis Mortimer. Now, my parents both went, um, obviously, I... I couldn't go. Um, but when you ask my mom, all she seems to remember is that she had a terrible migraine that day. <laughs> um, so I spoke to my dad and, and I think I've got an idea why. There was a ban on booze. Um, so you weren't allowed to take beer on the coach and there was to be no beer on the ferry um, from England to, um, I think it was Belgium we went to. Um, because the previous round, uh, Villa fans, had, some Villa fans, had rioted in um, Anderlecht in Belgium. Uh, so Villa had nearly been kicked out, but anyway, we weren't. Uh, but me and your mum filled pop bottles with white wine and told everybody it was seven up. And we were able to have a drink on the coach and on the ferry. It also sounds from him like we had a really, really solid team, despite having a new keeper at the back. It was basically Bayern Munich going crazy and attack after attack after attack. And after 10 minutes, um, Obviously, Jimmy Rimmer went off and Nigel Spink came on. And a lot of people wondered, who the hell's this? Because uh, I think he'd only played a couple of games for Villa before. Um, anyway, he came on uh, and I said it was backs to the wall. And uh, Nigel Spink probably had the game of his life. He was all over the place. He was awesome. Stopped them. They were peppering the ground with the, the goal with shots. And everything was stopped. The defence was brilliant. Alan Evans, Ken McNaught. Um, Gary Williams, Kenny Swain, they're all fantastic. And then, um, obviously, uh, Dennis Mortimer and uh, Des Bremner sort of in midfield. Sid Cowan's in there as well. And then, just imagine being there, 13, 14,000 Villa fans, European Cup final, and then this moment. Gary Shaw passes the ball out to Tony Morley. Morley jinks down the wing. Um, coming inside, jinx one way, jinx another, beats two blokes, passes the ball, Peter Weird puts it in the back of the net, bobbled off his shin. I thought he'd missed it. Um, in it went, and we went crazy. Okay, so goal goes in, but you've still got to wait to the final whistle. As a Villa fan, that's a nervy, that's a nervy time, isn't it? But just imagine when that final whistle blows and the atmosphere sounds incredible. And then the final whistle went and it was mayhem. Everybody jumping up and down, singing, dancing. The, all the Villa players run over to the Villa end. Uh, everybody, you know, shouting, whistling. And then um, obviously they went up to get the, the cup and uh, I'd got a camera with a telephoto lens. It was about a foot long and I'd carried it with me all the way. Um, and luckily I'd got it out and I, I, was, I managed to focus on uh, Dennis Mortimer picking up the European Cup and holding it aloft. I've still got the photograph if you ever want to see it. And uh, we just went wild um, and we all got, you know, got the ferry back. But this time the bars were open on the ferry and um, we drank the thing dry. Uh, so by the time we got back to Birmingham, everybody's bleary eyed, um, but all excited for the the. Um, the drive through the city, I think, was arranged for the following day or the day after. And uh, again, it was about, I don't know, 50,000 people in uh, Victoria Square 
um, and everybody lining the streets. So it's great. Really good day. Never forget it. So what an icon. What a moment. More than 300 appearances for the Villa, more than 30 goals and captain of that European Cup winning team. He has to go in. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Dennis Waltimer, I think he's one of them players that when you think of Aston Villa, he's a name who's very, he's associated with us historically, not just even for the 82, but also 77 League Cup final. And, you know, I've mentioned it before, but my uncle John Dean did play with him for four years. Um, so I've got a bit of a, although I never saw them guys play, you know, that sort of generation, um, I do have a, you know, a big thing for them really, you know, largely through that. And, uh, yeah, he was a, he's one of them players that you just associate with Villa, you know, he was there. And to captain the team, you know, leading that team, um, yeah. you know, our only team that's ever won it, one of, what is it, six teams now, six British or six English teams that have won that cup? Um, yeah. and, and to be the man at the helm and, and lifting that cup, I just think, absolutely iconic. I just, yeah. I, I, I can't see how we cannot have one or two players from that team in our perfect yeah. 11. And he, yeah, he was, I think he was there 10 years, he league cup, won the league one you have the captain of the European Cup winning team. I think you've made a compelling case there, Roisin. Um George, who how do you live up to this? Oh, it's gonna be a tough one. The heat is on. The heat is on. Um yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean you know, obviously none none of my family members were in Rotterdam unfortunately in eighty two when we when we won the European Cup. But I, I, I you know I haven't prepped like Roisin uh, this week. But when you choose Stephen Island, sometimes you just don't need to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm um, going yeah, Stephen I mean, Island. I think Stephen Island. <laughs> You've won it. Well done, Stephen. You're in the perfect eleven. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, very, very hard this week. Not just competing against you know Mortimer, who was, as you were saying, is just this icon in a Villa shirt in in the time when we were our most successful, arguably, in our history. But so, but but for me, it, it was it's, it's been based on players that I've seen personally. So, as I said before, kind of really only in the last thirty uh, or so years, um, and and it has been personally a straight shootout between John McGinn, who, in terms of value for money in this day and age, has to be considered one of our best ever signings. Uh, but I, but in the end, I, I plumped for for Ian Taylor to slot in at that kind of right centre mid. Uh, oh, you might have bought some competition here, now, George. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ian Taylor. When when I when I first supported when I first started supporting Villa, he was in the lineup in that match against Sheffield Wednesday, which I mentioned. So he really was the first one of the first Villa players I ever saw play live. He started his career at Hall Green, which is uh, which was my local team in Hall Green. They've now become uh, Solihull Moors. Um, he's a Villa fan, obviously, like like all of us. He um, he, uh, he he grew up in, in Birmingham, supported the Villa, and whenever he played, he worked his socks off. I just remember, like you know, him kind of like McGinn, just being just so industrious, working really hard, and that always endears yourself um, to the Villa faithful. He scored some massive goals too. Um, I think the biggest one I can remember is is, is when he scored in our three 0 win over Leeds the last time he won a cup, uh, the League Cup in '96. Um, was part of that really good team in the mid to late 90s under uh, Brian Little and John Gregory. He helped us reach to uh, another um, uh, cup final, the FA Cup final in, in uh, 2000. He's now a club ambassador, um, so he continues to kind of commit his, his, um, his kind of life, really, his career to, 
to Aston Villa. Um, so, and he's, he's just a nice bloke. Whenever I see him, <laughs> he, he seems and like a nice guy. And that's important, isn't and it? That is important. Not like <laughs> Olaf Melberg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, slagging me off yeah. in media. None of that. No, Ian Taylor counteracts <laughs> Olaf Melberg with his niceness. <laughs> so, yeah, for all those reasons, I just, uh, he's just such a, such a, icon- again, I, an iconic Villa player and, and he would go into my perfect 11 in that kind of centre midfield spot. You've, you've, both give me compelling arguments. And I think, um, you know, Ian Taylor is somebody who I absolutely adore because obviously we all grew up watching him at the Villa um, and he was, a, he was a really good player for us. And the fact he's a lifelong fan and the fact that on social media he's so clearly still such a huge Aston Villa fan. You just feel wrong not to have him in the team. But if there's one man who can stop him making it into that first eleven, I think it is Dennis Mortimer. So, Roisin, this week, yes, you might not win very much in the quizzes, but you're well, winning. Do I get a Nando's for the perfect eleven? Yeah. If if we were getting free Nando's for the perfect eleven, you'd be absolutely gorging, <laughs> gorging on that chicken and wild herb Fantastic. sauce. Fantastic, Dennis Mortimer's in. So that's it. We've chosen Dennis Mortimer in centre midfield. This is also a section where we'd like to hear from you. Who are you having in your Villa First Eleven? You can email us at allvillanofiller at gmail.com. That's allvillanofiller at gmail.com. If you're a Villa fan based outside the UK, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how you show your support for the Villa. Are you part of a supporters club or do you have to watch games all alone? You can send us your stories to our email address, allvillanofiller at gmail.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Just search allvillanofiller. That's allvillanofiller. Okay, uh, let's look ahead to Villa's next game now. It's West Ham away on Wednesday. The games, as I I mentioned last week, just they come thick and fast at the moment, uh, don't they? Uh, Rasheen, how do you think that one's going to go? As I say, I can't really work us out at the moment. I think West Ham are a threat. I think they're a threat for midfield. I'm not particularly chuffed that Mikel Antonio is back. Um, I think he can certainly nip one or two against us or, or you know, or make something up there um, and, and kind of add to, to a West Ham attacking force. Um, I, I, it slightly worries me, I think. Yeah, I, I think I think West Ham are a very they're a very dangerous team. They have lots of very kind of dangerous individuals like Suchek, who's been a bit of a sort of Lord Lundstrom type figure in fantasy football this uh, this season. He just keeps <laughs> keeps getting up, getting the points, doesn't he, and, and, and playing really well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for for me, I, I just love a bit of payback against West Ham. To be honest, the, the way the way that VAR decision or decisions went against us when we played them in London, I, I'm still that's that's the one game this season where I look back on. I think uh, we should have we should have got something um, against West Ham um, away, uh, and it's it, but it's a massive game. You know, they're also doing well uh, in the league. They're just above us. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the program, it's it's potentially. Uh, a game which could decide European places come the end, come the end of the season. Frankie, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think West Ham's going to be a tough one. I mean, they're obviously in really good form this season. Uh, their away form particularly has been pretty good. Uh, they beat Crystal Palace this week. They beat Everton away this month as well. So they're a team that's well set up to defend away and get goals probably from set pieces, kind of like what they did against us at, um, uh, at the London Stadium. So um, the fact is... We're probably going to create 
a lot of or look threatening and create chances because we have Jack Grealish and so we are going to create chances. The thing this season has been we've had a lot of games where we've created chances and not taken them and then ended up losing points like Burnley twice, West Ham last time. So it's just going to be one of them games I think where if we take our chances we can win it. If we don't take our chances there's a chance that West Ham could you know burgle a few points off us. Yeah, I, I I sort of feel that way, and and I and I also think as well from set pieces we haven't been great, and it's obviously one of their strengths. Um, it'd be I wouldn't change the team again. It seems like Smith isn't going to. He, he likes to keep a settled um, a settled uh, eleven. Um, but it would be nice, I think, to see Sanson get some minutes. Obviously, he's our new signing. It's all been confirmed, and he was on the bench against Southampton. But um, but yeah, it would it would be. I wouldn't expect him to start against West Ham. You never know if if some of the players are tired because they've had such a uh, a kind of quick rotation of games but it'd be nice to see Sanson play and just see what he's like as a player what do you think Rashid? Yeah I agree um, it's kind of where you put him in I mean obviously um, you know Barkley's getting stronger but that's a that's a kind of a an area where you might see Sanson coming in and, and, and just just to see what he can do really um, I agree that that actually Dean Smith is very good at keeping momentum and and building on on successes and keeping the same starting eleven, but we do have, or we, we are certainly building the squad, um, so they're there to be used. I don't, I don't know what's best really. I would like to see him play, but I, I do think Dean Smith does seem to have success with that kind of momentum building, same starting eleven, as you say. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the Martin O'Neill era. I, th- I think Martin O'Neill didn't used to change the team very much. Um, but then then again, under O'Neill, we often came unstuck in sort of March time, February, March. Um, and that maybe perhaps was down to the lack of um, squad depth. Um, with the, with I have wondered whether like yesterday, maybe you could have brought on a player earlier. I thought, I thought against Burnley, actually, I think we should have brought subs on a bit quicker. And I think they changed the game by bringing Vidra on um, and I, I think it just added a bit of energy that we perhaps were slightly lacking at that very moment when they got their goals. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd, like you said, George, I'd like to see Sanson come on at some point. I'd, like to, I'd just like to see him play, really. Um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether Trez and uh, the G-man, El Golzi, El Gaza can, uh, can get on as well. And, you know, I'd, I'd, with all the games we've got in a row, I think it's probably worth it. It'd be, inter- it'd be nice to see a few more subs, I think. But... Sir Dean knows. I will never question Sir Dean. He knows Trust. better than... Trust in Sir Dean. Okay, it's a time where things get competitive. It is our back-in-time quiz, where, as the title implies, we'll take a journey back in time and see how much George and Frankie really know about the villa. Um... <laughs> We all know what we're playing for, don't we? Um, it's not just honour, it's a free Nando's and it is, of course, the Townsend Trophy, named after Villa legend Andy Townsend. Now, the last time you both played Frankie, you went away the winner, didn't it you? A, it was a close four, three, two. Um, the thing is, because, frankly, because you're so obsessed with wild herb sauce, you know, I think that really, that's a real motivator for you it to is. win a free Nando's. It's, and um, how can I compete with that? I mean, what's, I like wild herb sauce, but it's not an obsession. What's, what's, <laughs> what spinach is to Popeye, wild herb sauce is to me. I, I, once I have it, my calves turn into the calves of Jack Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Can't 
Um, now, I know we usually go back to kind of a, you know, a, a wide range of years, but um, this week I found a thrilling video um, from the 95-96 squad um, that was just too good to pass up on. I, I don't know how this never got commissioned as kind of a Netflix series or, you know, a, a, a kind of a film oh. franchise, actually. Um, it's the 95 and 96 squad telling us their favourite drinks. So, I'm going to give you a drink. You're going to buzz in with what, Frankie? What's your buzzer? Uh, I am uh, Fenton. Pure Fenton. Mm -hmm. And what are you going for this week, George? Uh, I, I sort of change mine every week. Uh, so I'm going to go Postmar. Stefan Postmar. <laughs> will be Fantastic. Okay, so I'm <laughs> going to give you the drink. And you guys are going to buzz in and you have to tell me what Villa player loves this drink. Okay. Okay. I know the video you're talking about. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. And I would, I would insist anyone who hasn't seen it to go on YouTube and, and find it because it's I feel really... like I haven't, I've seen it, but I haven't seen it in ages. So, yeah. oh, here we go. Okay. Number one, Guinness. I like a drop of Guinness. Fenton. The odd pint. <laughs> Go on, Frankie. Oh, it's got to be Paul McGrath now. It, it is Paul McGrath. <laughs> I was thinking it's got to be an Irish player. I was thinking maybe Townsend, but of course, of course Straight it's McGrath. In with yeah. a Guinness. Okay, go. one nil, Frankie. Well done. Okay, number two. I like blackcurrant and lemonade, or lime and lemonade. Those are good drinks. I enjoy. Postma. Go on, George. Is it? It's not Southgate, is it? It's, no, it's not Southgate. Ooh. It's not Southgate. Frankie, do you want to come in? Fred, is it? Is it Dwight York? It is Dwight York! Oh, I, I knew it. As soon as I, as soon as I had a proper think, it was Dwight York. He's raced into a 2 0 lead at the back oh, post. No. And there was no marking. No marking. McGuire's there. This is a this is a tortoise and hare scenario. Oh, I'll come on. Yeah, back. you've got to get this one, George. Okay, number three, Ribena. I love Ribena. Benton. Oh no, this could be it. It could be a clean sweep. Frankie? Is it Stan Collymore? It's not Stan oh, Collymore. Oh no. Okay, George, oh. who might have come to the UK, my tasted our lovely, delightful national drink and thought, is good. this is the drink for me. Ribena is delicious. Right, who would like Ribena? He comes to our shores. He plays our football. He drinks our drinks. Um, <laughs> oh, who is it? Um, I again, ninety-five, ninety-six season. Is it? I'm going to have to ask you for a helping hand here, Rasheen. If that's it's okay. A big what, name. It's a big what, name. Is it? It wouldn't be Milosevic, would it? It's Van Bosnich! <laughs> oh, it? oh no! Oh, oh no! no. I, oh no! <laughs> it was it, the ball was through one on one with the keeper. There is only one Savo, but <laughs> <laughs> you took it around the keeper one and you keeper missed the open goal. Oh, we're doing this over Zoom. I know you can't see us, but my head <laughs> is in my hands right now. Can oh, I get a photo? No. Frankie's got. Can we just kind of explain? Frankie's got the the Jack Grealish fingers in his ears picture behind him as his background, and the the, the hands are positioned perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie's not listening to George moaning. Frankie's winning. He's going forth. He's taking oh. the title up here. <laughs> Number four. I hate Ribena. I'm partial to a nice pint of bitter, and a bit later on, a Bacardi and Coke, awesome. usually a double. 
Is that George? Sorry. No, it's not Tab. George, I thought you'd get this oh. one. This is this is a guy that you like, George. This is somebody that I thought you would get. In fact, I put that one in there for you. But I'm going to have to pass it over to Frankie. Who might like a pint of bitter and then a Bacardi and Coke? Usually a double. Is it, Benton, is it Mark Draper? It is Mark <laughs> Draper! <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yes, <laughs> that wild herb sauce is just doing it for me. <laughs> Frankie, if you if you pay for Villa, drinks, it's untold. If, Frankie, it's incredible. If you pay for Villa in the ninety five ninety six season and you were interviewed in this in this uh, in this um, <laughs> in this program, then then uh, you know you'd be having a pint of wild herb sauce, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, what I love as well is that Ribena is such a nineties drink. Do you want number five? Just just yeah yeah. Back? Okay, right. Um, I mean, this is a wild guy. Um, number five, favourite drink. I mean, during the week, I just drink water. Postmark. <laughs> Go on, George. I'm just going to prevent Frankie from from getting the whitewash. It's it's Southgate. It's uh, it's Southgate. It is Southgate. <laughs> done. One, it is wild Gareth Southgate drinking water. It's so funny that video. I have like Southgate particularly is really funny. But yeah, I, that, that's why that's why that stands out for me because I know that he starts off by saying, "Oh, sometimes I just like a little bit of water or something." It's yeah. just like, "What? <laughs> Come on, man!" So there we have it. Frankie's the champion, yes. despite George and Southgate giving you a, a, a late consolation goal. There, um, Frankie is our winner of the Townsend Trophy this week. Frank, how do you feel? Well, you know, I don't win many things in life, so you know, I'm delighted to know that the Townsend Trophy is uh, is on my mantelpiece. You're gonna you're gonna celebrate with a Ribena or two? Ribena, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm ordering it now. I'm going straight online to order a whole packet full of it if it still exists. Wild herb sauce as well. All villa, no filler on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, there we are, uh, Frankie. You've uh, you've won the back in time quiz again. I might have to uh, I might have to get some investigators in to see what's going on here because this <laughs> is this is this doesn't feel comfortable. This doesn't sit right with me. Um, but anyway, I'll look past it. Um, we did uh, another interview, didn't we, recently with um, with the as part of the Villains Abroad series, while well, you guys did, um, and uh, that's obviously still online for uh, for you to listen to um who was that with frankie it was with luis miguel echigaray he's from peru originally he grew up in the uk and moved out to the us uh, a few years ago where he now works for cbs sports he's a huge villa fan and wrote a very moving article on how he came to support the villa and you'll be able to find that online okay thank you everybody for listening i've been your host george Linsky. see you next week machine stop the villa george see you next week See you later, Frankie. Cheery bye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll be back next week, of course, to to talk more Aston Villa. But until then, come on, you Villa boys from Aston. Aston.